Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Baum with the Raven Institute of Ministries and Biblical Studies. Come to you live this great and day that the Lord has made right here from sunny Central Florida. And with me once again is Pastor Don Dykes. Pastor Don Dykes. Pastor Don Dykes is the director of Raven uh, Amarillo, Texas, where it all started. And he's here with his wife and daughter Madison for a few days visiting here. And so invited him to what has become known as the hot seat. I don't know why they call it the hot seat. It's not that hot of a seat. But yeah, I don't either. They call it the hot seat, so I, I just refer to it the hot seat when we have a guest in here. But uh, Pastor Donnie's with us for the next, uh, for, I guess throughout the week he'll be here with us right here in the in the quote-unquote hot seat uh, coming to you in the Word of God. But we just want to thank you for joining us today. If you're joining us for the very first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, which is an outreach ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you want more information on Raven Ministries, you can actually go to our website at www.biggrace.com, www.biggrace.com. That's www.biggrace.com. He can even spell, praise God, the devil's putting on the screen there. But, yeah, go and check it out, and you can get more information about what we do. Uh, this is one facet of what we really believe in and stand on is discipling and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, folks, really, we're, we're, we tire, we're in really a tireless pursuit of the things of God and to know Him and to make Him known and to search out the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. Folks, I tell you what, in, in the day and age in which we live, if you're not rooted and grounded and founded in this, you will not make it. You really will not. Uh, you may be able to live a happy, successful, quote-unquote, life, but you will never truly be able to walk in the righteousness and holiness and the relationship that God has for you. You have got to know the Word of God. If you've been cruising up to this point on cruise control, and you thought that, you know, your little lay me down to sleep, and uh, thank you, Jesus, for the food, uh, prayer life, and understanding of the Word of God uh, was good enough for you, i got I got some bad news for you. That's not going to carry you when perilous times will come, when the... The, the, the adversary begins to open up on, on both barrels. You've got to know the Word of God and allow it to get into you. Because what it becomes, it becomes that buffer for us. And it becomes that, 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 that high tower. It becomes that way of escape that God has for us. So I really encourage you. And that's what we're here for. We don't have all the answers. I certainly do not. What I want to do is just deposit in you the things that God has entrusted into me and, and the, the, the limited revelation that God has given to me. I just want to give it to you. And hopefully it serves as a, a catalyst for you to get into the Word of God. Like we talk about all the times, Acts 17, 11. And, and search out the scriptures yourself to see if those things are so. So we thank you so much for joining with us. And we make these available. This is class number, what is it, Deb? 159? 159. And folks, listen, if you're just coming in, we would uh, like to uh, have these things for you. As Deb's putting on the screen, we make these available in their entirety on, on uh, DVD audio DVD, not the, not the visual part of this, but we'll put it on an audio DVD that you can play it and put, burn it on your computer. Then you can take those discs as you want and put them on a, uh, on a CD and play them in your car or wherever you are. But we've got all of them available. All hundred, we'll have 100. I think I've got 156 of them burned on three discs right now. But we want to give those to you free of charge. If you want those, uh, send me an email. It's right there on the screen at raven, R-A-V-E-N, at biggrace.com. And I will send you those free of charge. I'll pay the postage and everything for that to get those in your hands. We don't put any copyright on anything. We freely receive and we freely give. We're not in this to make a buck. We're in this to make saints for the kingdom of God that you might be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. And you might go and change nations yourself. So uh, take advantage of that. I got I got some printed right now. We're actually going to invest in a. a I told you this the other day. A, a duplicator. That way we can mass produce these things six or seven at a time. And uh, rather than me sitting here by the computer 
feeding it continuously. We'll do six and seven at a time and be able to get those things out and put them in your hands. We'd love to do that. And we're also in the process of putting some other teaching together. How to, how to minister, and we was talking about this. How do you, how do you witness to a, your friend that's, in, uh, is, that's a Muslim? How do you witness to that, that uh, co-worker that's in the some cult? How do you witness to that person that's uh, a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness? How do you witness to some? We want to start putting some audio commentary that. Or how do you just witness in general? And I'd like to sit down and do. We, we've done our Raven Institute of, uh, actually our, our, our Raven Ministry School of Evangelism live and in, in churches. But would it be nice if you couldn't attend one of those for us to put those things in your hand? And so we want to do that in this type of forum and give it to people that they can take and listen to them and, and hopefully give you something uh, that serves as an agent to inspire you and to motivate you to, to get out and do something for the kingdom of God. So that's some things that we're working on that we want to continue to develop and grow. Think about this, brother. Uh, I remember back in, I guess it was. November of 2006, when we began the, the Raven Ministries broadcast programs through Stick Camp, it was just Pastor Rudy and I looking at through a little cheap uh, 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 webcam, just looking at each other. You know, okay, brother, he wanted to have a Bible study, and he said, let's do it. And he found this this forum to do this in uh, on the live part of it, and it just developed. And we started the uh, the Raven Nation program on Tuesday nights, which continued to this day. And then we uh, last May we started the Raven Institute. And we're going to continue to do that, and hopefully we'll we'll add more and more and more. And uh, we'll have a live class. You know, we we have a live class here, not Deb and the ones that are in our studio. But we'll have a you know as we develop here locally, we'll have a live class as well as being able to beam those things out to the nations as well. So thank you guys so much that have been a part of really establishing this and being the laying the groundwork for these uh, teachings and things that could not have done it in years past. No, I mean think about the opportunity. I'm looking right here at the screen, and you know we've got folks from uh, New Mexico and Texas and Pennsylvania and Canada and New York and Florida, and that's that's just a few of them that we're able to see right here this morning. But we're able to touch nations in real time. Now, this isn't like a recorded program. I mean, literally, if somebody's got a prayer request, they can flash that on the screen. If they got a comment, they can put it right here. Uh, and we can actually deal with that in real time and deal with and touch people's lives and look at faces here on the screen as well. So it's, it's really an awesome thing that God has, has given us to do this. And so Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this and helping us to pioneer this work. We're going to pray, brother, and we got some stuff. We may actually go over just a little bit this morning because I want to I want to get some stuff out and take advantage of you while you're sitting here with me and milk him for everything he's worth on the next uh, four days. But, brother, pray that God will just give us wisdom and understanding uh, on the things that he wants to teach us and that we'll continue to get just testimonies of God healing. I spoke at the first few years. We, we, we closed out 2007 with a week of, of fasting. And when I say fasting, I'm not talking about, oh, we're not going to eat Tootsie Rolls or something. I'm talking about we just we went before the Lord and we just pulled away from the Amen. table Amen. and fasted. And not only did we close out 2007, but we opened 2008 with another week of fasting. And once again, it wasn't, okay, I'm not going to watch, or I'm not going to eat liver and onions because I don't eat them anyway. We, we got before the Lord and we just said, God, we've got to hear from you. You know, as, as glorious as 2007 was, I said, God, I don't want another 2007. I want to see 2008. I want you to bust some things wide open in me. I want you to change me. But some of the things that he spoke, number one, it was a renewed call to holiness and righteousness within the body of Christ. That really we've got to seek Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we've got to come to that place where we're laying down our lives and we're, we're in pursuit of taking up our cross. And, and in that, what the Lord said, it, when, when righteousness is restored to His body, that what we're going to begin to see is we're going to see God do miracles. We're, we're going to see it. Not, not in, a, in, in, a, in a conference hall with you know, 10,000 spectators watching a guy in a white suit you know, blow on people. 
But literally out on the streets where people are bound by drugs and alcohol and, and, and people are being abused and, and there's crippled people uh, you know, begging for alms on the street corner, that God's going to pour out His power. That way when He does it in that environment, we know it's all about Jesus. Amen. We know it's not about the fancy suit or the guy whose face is on a billboard. We know it's Jesus that's lifted up. But I believe we're going to begin to see that. And we're seeing that already in pockets. But I believe as, as righteousness increases, miracle is going to increase as well. But in that... I also believe that persecution is going to increase. Oh, absolutely. And because of the righteousness, you know, I talk about this all the time. We are a royal priesthood. We're a holy people. We're a peculiar people. But our peculiarity is not because we're weird. Our peculiarity is because we're righteous. The world just cannot understand righteousness and holiness. They, they don't understand why we don't partake. They don't understand why we're not a part of their, their, their filthy jokes. They don't understand why we don't compromise. They, they don't understand why we don't do and look at the things that they look at. Because it's called righteousness. And so as a result, and we, we talk about this all the time in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that the time is going to come, well, men will be haters of those things which are good. They'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Brother, I, I think we're, we're there. And so... Let's pray that, number one, that God has blessed us this time of, of teaching today, that we'll be able to, to hear and discern the things that He wants to teach us. That, that secondly, that, that God will continue to bring righteousness into our hearts and life. We'll understand what it is. That He'll reveal in our hearts the things that, that need to get out. Amen. That He'll search us, He'll sift us. That anything in there that's contrary to His Spirit, that regardless if it hurts, whatever it is, I don't want to carry that into the kingdom. I want God to expose those things in my heart and life. And, and thirdly, that, that those that are sick and, and, and physically in their bodies, that God will touch them today. Amen. 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 Father God, we once again just thank You. Thank You for the opportunity, yes. Father, to just uh, come this morning to gather around the table, gather around our our uh, technology that You have provided, Father, that uh, uh, enables us to just reach the masses, Father. Lord, we thank You for the, the forum which You have created here uh, this morning and, and what we've been participating in over the last uh, several months, Lord, uh, uh, in the last couple of years, that we come together to seek You, seek Your face, to seek Your Word, to seek Your will for our lives. Father, it is truly... Truly our desire, Father, to be like the men of old, Father, yes, to be righteous, to be holy, to be upright, to be pure in your sight, Father. And we know that each day that uh, we uh, that we're in your will and that we're in your word and we're, we're, we're not just being hearers of the word, but we're being doers, Father, that you are creating in us. A, a, a renewed, steadfast spirit, Father, that will stand in a time of when persecution begins to, to come on the rise, more so than what this country, this nation has ever seen before. Father, we need to be ready for that, Father. We need to be able to, to be quit. Father, we need to be like David that says, in my heart I have hidden Your Word so that we may not sin against You. And Father, that we may be able to reach the masses and reach those who are lost and hurting. To lay hands on the sick and, and, and see them recover, Father. We need the power that comes from Your Word, Lord. So Father, we just thank You this morning that we're able to, to dive in and to continue to, to gain insight and, and revelation, knowing that by the studying and, and the uh, 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 just getting uh, what Your Word has for us, that it will reveal in us any wicked way that's uh, still there, Father. Bringing down the walls, Father, so that we may continue to, to decrease, so that You may increase. Lord, we, we just continue to ask for those miracles. 
Father, we need to see this. We need to see your power. Father, without you, I am nothing. Without you, we are nothing. And Lord, we need you to to move mightily on our behalf, Father, as we go about uh, teaching and preaching what you have said. So Lord, we ask that you just begin right now, Father. And we ask that the testimonies begin to multiply and the miracles begin to flood in, Father, as we gather here and and we can uh, chat with one another, Father, that you begin the report that will go out through all the land and and just spread like wildfire, Lord, that, uh, that we will testify of those things that we have seen and heard. And Father, by it, it will cause many more hearts to turn toward You. So Lord, we just thank You for this opportunity. We thank You for who You are and what You are doing. And we just say, come Lord Jesus, in the name of, that is above all name. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Brother, yesterday we, we, you know, we focused our discussion on the fact that Israel, by rejecting the covenant that God had uh, made with them through Abraham, that what it ended up doing is it opened up the door for the new covenant that he made with us through the blood of Jesus. But uh, and we, well, we've discussed something in, in the last several classes, yesterday with yourself and last week uh, before you were in town, that even though Israel rejected that plan of God, even though it was extended to us, that it did not change the plan of God. It merely provided an opportunity for us to see how God operates in the midst of man's rebellion. And we talked about, just just touched on just a second, about the will of God before we went live this morning and asked the question, does the will of God always, is the will of God always accomplished? And the, the, the gut knee-jerk reaction, or the, the reaction that we want to say is always yes. We always want to think that whatever God says, God does. And we say stuff like this. And think about this. How many times you've used these, these what really is a cliche, is you know what, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. You know what, it's, it's all in God's timing. We say all those things, and, and we, I think we say them sometimes to just kind of serve as a little buffer for us and a little personal encouragement. But if we kind of measure those against the Word of God, it doesn't always happen that way. You know, was it God's plan for Israel to, to walk around for 40 years in the wilderness and for, for, for millions to die in that? Was that God's timing? You know, God's timing, actually, they, they could have walked straight out of Egypt mm-hmm. into the promised land. But it was their rebellion. It was the hardness of their heart. And we see it over and over again. And so, but there's always something. There's always the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God. I looked one time and I think over 50-something times in the Old Testament, it says that God is good and His mercy endures forever. Folks, that was before the cross. That was before the age of, of grace. And so, if God was good and His mercy endured forever, then think about how much better and how much living it is for us now. And so, uh, what, what He does in those situations, He shows us just how faithful He is Amen. in the midst of our unfaithfulness. And that's, that's what I love about serving my God. When I blow it, He don't blow it. He doesn't blow it. When I fail, He never fails. That He is the Lord God and He does not change. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, I want to read those verses to you once again. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 11 is where we're at. If you're joining us for the very first time, we've been doing an expository teaching on the book of Romans. And uh, verses, uh, chapter 11 is where we're at right now. And I think we're in class, what, 159. 
Again, if you want the previous classes, email us at raven at biggrace.com. We'll say, send you all, sell you. We won't sell them to you. We'll give them all to you free of charge and mail them to you on our dime. So raven at biggrace.com. Send me your snail mail and we'll get those out to you. But here's what it says in Romans 11, 13 through 19. Uh, Paul the Apostle writing, he said, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, he said, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I might provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh, speaking of the Jews, and, and save some of them. For if them, they're being cast away as the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? In other words, if when they failed, if it brought reconciliation and salvation to the world, what's it going to be like when they turn to Him? Mm. It's going to be something glorious. <laughs> For if the first fruit is holy and the lump is also holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. In other words, once we're grafted in as the Gentiles, as we believe, we become partakers of that holy nature of God. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but that the root supports you. You will say again, branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Folks, what we've been talking about here over the past few days and, and, and really is that the goal or the expected end, as Jeremiah 29.11 calls it, is for there to be a, provided a clear and concise means in which man could be reconciled back unto God the Father. And folks, listen, we know that this is possible through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which Israel rejected when they rejected the Messiah. But God, folks, in His infinite wisdom allowed the covenant to be extended beyond really the spiritual and genealogical borders of the Jews and extended to the Gentiles as well, of which most of us, unless you come from the Jewish faith, are a partaker of that. And, and brother, I was thinking about this. That could only happen one way. The only way that that could be extended to us is one way, and that is in, through this, what it's talking about here, this grafting in process. And we've learned a few things over the last few days and, and probably the few weeks in regards to this as we've set this thing up. Number one, God is not a man that he should lie. Would you believe that? Amen. That's Numbers twenty three nineteen. That he is the Lord God and he does not change. That's Malachi 3, 6. And whatever work he begins... He's going to complete that work to the day of Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 1.6. So Numbers 23.19, Malachi 3.6, and Philippians 1.6. But because He is omniscient, He has already provided a way where there seemed to be no way. And you know what? I, I love that because really what it does, it touches on one of the titles that Jesus gave Himself. He called Himself the way. And, you know, I, I like it when we get in a situation where it seems like it's tough or it's difficult or we don't understand Him. How many times have you said that, I just don't see any way? Or, I, I want to trust God, but it just don't seem to be any way. I, I know what my need is, but you know what, there's just no way it can happen. Folks, really, what are we saying in that situation? You know, it's, it's really pretty obvious what we're saying. We're saying that we have gotten our focus off of the one who is the way who is the truth, who is the life, according to John 14, 6, and we focused on our problems. We say that it's impossible. We, we do. It's, it, it just can't happen. But with God, all, all things, things are, are possible, possible to those who believe. And so if there's a problem with the way, there's a problem with what we're looking at. If I say there's no way, you know what I'm basically saying? I'm saying there's no Jesus in the midst of my mm. circumstance. Mm. And so here's the good news. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says this. 2 Corinthians 5.7. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me just ask you a question. Let me just put it personal to you. How, how, do you find yourself more easily walking by sight or more by faith? 
You know, we, we, we want to say, oh, yeah. yes, faith all the time. <laughs> but think about it, brother. We get up looking for, looking for something to stumble over. We get up looking at our circumstances. We get up looking at our situations. Yeah. And we'll say stuff like, well, you know, under the circumstances or under the... Folks, listen. As believers, as, as people that have been grafted in, we're not under the circumstances. We're under the grace of God. We're, 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 we're under the promises of God. We're under the blood of Jesus. What we're under now is, is, is the grafting in process that He has for us. And, and in Romans 1.17, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed, from faith, it is, uh, to, from faith to faith it is written, The just shall live by faith. Folks, listen. If, if I think that there's no way, the way became the grafting in process. He is that way. He is that source. And in that, there's, there's, a, there's something that ties me into faith. The way in which He allows us to become partakers of the covenant is being, by being grafted into the vine, becoming a partaker of the holiness of love, and being connected to the root that was for us to be grafted into and connected to the original covenant. And, and I like that. Think about this for just a minute. What made the Jew uh, unique was their bloodline. Because they were Jews because of their bloodline. And their very laws forbade them from intermarrying with foreigners. It, it, because God knew that uh, if, if, they, if they married foreigners, if they, they saturated their bloodline with, with, with foreign people, that it would lead them back to false gods. This is where they came from. And so what he had to do, he had to call a people out and to create this bloodline that we call the Jewish race today. That, that they came forth and they became a collective of a people. And so he also knew that one day this bloodline would lead all the way back to his son, Jesus obviously, through, through the lineage of the, of the, the, the woman that was able to, to carry the physical body of the incarnate Jesus and, and, and his birth mother at the incarnation. And not, now because citizenship and bloodlines were required for inheritance, there could only be one means in which we too can become heirs of the things of God, and that is to be grafted into that bloodline. Now, brother, you know my last name is Bond, B-O-H-N. It's a German lineage. You know what? But that's not where I'm grafted in. I can't say to myself, my last name is Bond. My mother's last name, uh, 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 maiden name was Tao. That was Indian. Folks, listen, that's not my bloodline. Because on both sides of my family, there was heretics and there was people that walked in abominations. I don't want to be tied to that anymore. I don't want to say, well, that's just how the bonds are, or that's just how the towels are, or that's just how this and that. I want to people look at me and say, well, he's just acting like that because that's just how Jesus is. Amen. That is the bloodline that we've been grafted into. Folks, listen, if there's going to be a way, it's got to be by faith and saying, you know what, this process has changed. Now, I've been grafted in, and it's a new and a living and a better way that I have a hope, and I don't have to say that I'm Italian. I don't have to say that I'm Irish. I don't have to say that I'm that. Listen, my fellowship and my citizenship is now in, in the kingdom of God, that I'm an heir together with Christ Jesus, that the benefits that come with, with knowing Him and being His Son have been extended to me because... I've been grafted into that bloodline. Isn't that good news, brother? That's good news. If, if you think about it, with us, now we don't have any excuses. There's no excuses for us walking in rebellion. There's no excuses us saying, well, Daddy was an alcoholic or, or Mama had a high temper or whatever else. Listen, because I can look at the one that I came out of and I can look at Jesus. He was holy. He was righteous. He was powerful. He was meek. He exemplified love. And so what should my characteristics be? They should be the exact same thing. You know, I have two children. Neither one of them look a whole lot like me. But you know what? When I watch them, they, they, they tend to do things like me. I talk to think about my daughter. People laugh all the time and say, well, she looks just like her mother, but she acts just like you. Why? Because she came out of my bloodline. 
And, and that was the characteristics that were in her life through that the way. And I'd like to say, you know what? Man, I, I made her be that way. I sit and I said, okay, here's how you're going to act. No, there's just certain characteristics that are about her because of who her daddy is. Folks, listen, there ought to be certain characteristics about you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ because of who your father is, Amen. of who, you're, who you came out of, whose loins, spiritual loins that you were birthed out of. Now, now folks, listen, I, and I said this, citizenship and bloodlines are required for inheritance. But there could only be one way that we too could become heirs to that, and that's to be grafted in by the blood of Jesus so that we would no longer be seen as foreigners but as fellow citizens. Now, now look at this scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Ephesians 2, 18 through 22 says this. It says, For through Him, how? Through Him, we have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And so because of Jesus, who is the way, because He's the one that grafted us in, we now have access where? We have access to God. Mm. Now, folks, listen. We say that, but do we always believe that? We don't, do we? No, don't. You know, I want to. I want to know, and I want to every single moment of my day know that I have audience with the One that created everything. Now, think about that just for a minute. We have because we've been grafted in. And through Him we have both access by one Spirit unto the Father. That means that at any moment, any second of the day, we've got the ear of the One that says, I hold the universe in the span of my hand. Now, brother, you guys are are trying to sell a house. Now, you're needing to get it. It's a stressful situation. You know, uh, man, there's this this whole job situation. You know what God's telling you to do and all these things. But who do you have access to? I have access to. You have the access to the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who, who, who creates all the, who speaks to things, that can speak and move mountains, that can do all these things. Who do we have access to? But isn't it interesting how sometimes we act or pray or function as though we don't have access? You're right. We act like we're standing out behind a brick wall just shouting and thinking, maybe some way he'll, he'll kind of hear me out there. He'll hear my winnowing cry through the, through the multitudes. But we've got access. And so I can go to the Father and I don't have to conjure something up. I don't have to create some type of uh, uh, spiritual ambience. I can say, Father, listen, because of the blood of Jesus, because I'm your child, listen, you know the desires of my heart. You know that this has got to get sold. You know that the process and the things that are the obligations that I have, you know what I have need of. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to seek first your kingdom. Now, who's in his kingdom? He's in his kingdom. Now, think about that. We'll quote these scriptures about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what are we doing? We're seeking access is what, what basically what that's saying. Hey. And so if I'm seeking access, if I'm seeking that place of his presence, if I'm seeking faithfulness, that I'm not walking by sight and I'm walking by faith. Now, I'm right there in the midst of where he is. And so I can sit there at his feet spiritually and I can say, Father, you know what I have need of. Now, you don't, you, I know you don't want me to worry. You said, can, can, a, can a man get any taller by, by worrying? Absolutely not. That I need to seek your kingdom first. Father, I'm here, and, and you know what it's doing to me as your child? God, I need you to come through for me. Boy, you are chopping me up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know why they call me the hot seat, brother. <laughs> because i got to tell you that, uh, man, I, like none other time before in my life, mm-hmm. Has this time been a testing of my faith? Sure. And uh, just that, I mean, every, everything that you've been saying as far as what we can do by coming to that throne of grace, 
in a very he's a very present help in a time of need. Absolutely. And 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 I've been saying and 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 praying almost exactly what you were saying. Lord, you know, God have you know, of course, all these elaborate prayers. You know, oh, maybe sure. if I say this thing right, right. he'll hear. Me I'll hit on something. He'll hear me this yes. time. But it's simply, and it, it is it is sometimes gotten to that point. But then, when the focus is directed solely upon Him and understanding right. that you know what, what am I fretting about? Lord, you know what I need. Lord, you do know what the desires of my heart is. And all I want to do is to serve you. Then I can rest in that. But so many times I get way off track. Too many, too often, and too, too, uh, uh, just too many times. Yeah, I'll put we, it that we get way. distracted. Yeah. A terminology that I like to use for myself, because I've really had to learn this over years, is I want to move from the realm of the impossible to the realm of the him possible. Yes, yes. You know, because I know that through him all things are possible. That's right. Now, what I see in the natural, I see things that all the every single day, folks. Listen, the things that God tells me to do, the instruction He's given me, most of most of what He tells me to do within my ability are impossible. They're impossibilities. And so I want to function within the realm of the hymn possibility, which is where I am when I'm grafted into that source. If the lump is holy, if the root is holy, if I'm a part of that covenant, then what is it? I've become a person that is partaker of the benefits of that covenant when, when, folks, I walk in faithfulness in my responsibility towards the covenant. Now, if I sit here and I say I'm grafted in, I've got a, I'm a partaker of that, but I always find myself drawing away from the root, the source of nourishment, the source of, of faith, the source of encouragement, what am I going to do? I'm going to wither. I'm going to find myself and say, what, what is this? I, you know, I can, I can go out here. I live in Florida. and I can open, I can open the door or the window and show you uh, all the vegetation, all these things that grow wild. I've got these luscious trees out here that, that I didn't plant. That just, I don't know where they I guess they were here. You know, they've probably been here for years. But I could go and, and take the greenery off of one of those, cut it off from, the, from the, the source, and lay it in the ground. You know what? For a little while, it's going to look green. Tomorrow morning, I may get up, and it may just be a little bit wilted. But I guarantee you, four or five days later, folks, I pick them up all the time. They're hard, they're crunchy, and they'll snap and they're brittle in your hands. Folks, listen, isn't that sometimes how our faith gets? Mm -hmm. That we say, you know what, I, I still have the same shape and maybe some of the same characteristics of His body, but am I really tied into Him through faith and prayer and reading His Word and through consecration? Or what is it, God, that is causing me to be pulled back from the source and not walking in that expectancy and not walking in the realm of the Him possibilities rather than walking in the, the, the sight-manifested impossibilities of my circumstance? You know what? Most, most everything God is calling each and every one of us to do is in the realm of the impossible. But what does He provide? Mm -hmm. He provides something in that, which is the Him possibility that enables us to do more than what we could ever grab our hands around in the natural. But it takes us walking not in the carnality of the flesh, but walking in the expectancy of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, think about this for a minute. You know, we talk about that, that citizenship, but he goes on to say, he says, Now you are therefore no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. That's what I'm built upon. And whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth up a holy temple unto the Lord, and whom you are also built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Folks, that's what the grafting process has done to us. It's extended all those benefits. Under the old covenant, the, the temple was a structure. It was a physical structure. Under the new covenant, 
It's us. It's you and I according to the Word of God. And so we become that habitation of God. What amazes me and blesses me so much, you know, when they had the, the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, the, the, ta- the, 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 the tabernacle moved around with the presence of God. And so then they, they moved it to Jerusalem. And once they, they moved it to Jerusalem, it became rigid. It became there. And what happened? Eventually, it, 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 uh, no more was the presence of God. The Shekinah glory of God was not there. There was no honor. They began to desecrate the temple. Folks, listen. Have you become rigid in your relationship with God? Have you thought to yourself, and we, we talked about this, you know, God gave them ten commands. He said, listen, here's the law. I want to give you this law. He gave them these ten commands. That the, the, the Jews said, you know what? If ten are good, man, twenty ought to be better. If twenty are good, forty. And they ended up with about six hundred oral laws that, they, that would accompany those things. Crazy things. Like, you know, he tells them to remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. So they say, you know what? You can't even plow on the Sabbath. And not only that, but... You can't even drag your chair across the floor on the Sabbath because dust might get stirred up, and that's almost like plowing. And so the men got upset about that law, and so they said, well, a woman can't comb her hair. These are really laws that they came up with. A woman can't comb her hair on the Sabbath because if she has dust in her hair, that would be like plowing. And see how ridiculous that gets. So what did they do? They created this rigid uh, set of rules that basically choked out the life of God. What does He want us to do? He wants us to be fluid in Him. He want, don't want us to be uh, uh, organized. He wants us to be a breathing organism that breathes and knows that when God moves, that we, we flow in the things of God. And so when a certain circumstance comes, what do we do? We flow right around that. Now, I could take that wall, brother, and I, and I could throw a brick at that wall. Now, that's made up of sheetrock. It's made up of, of two-by-fours. And, you know, if I threw something against that wall, you know what's going to happen? It may dent it, but it's going to fall down. But you know what's going to happen if I take water and I pour on a downhill slope on that wall, that wall may hold it back for a little while, but that water is going to find its way through. Why? Because the water is fluid. It can hold the same, it may have the same volume as that brick, but it's going to find a way through. It's going to find the cracks in it. Folks, listen. If you're walking fluid in the Spirit, if you're walking in that type of mentality, even if you come up against a brick wall of circumstances, what's going to happen? Your faith is going to carry you through. You're going to find a crack in that situation. You're going to see the light, at the, the, the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, and you're going to see a hope and a way of escape. You're going to see something that God can bring you out. Why? Because you are grafted into the vine. That There is a source on the other side of you. That there is a way, there is a truth, there is a life. Now we... Who are, if we, if we are genuinely of Christ Jesus, we, we no longer have the blood of our ancestors, but we now have the blood of Jesus running through our veins. And so that makes us the children of God. And so what happens, this now extends the blessing and the responsibility of the covenant, but, it, it, but at a much more accelerated pace. And that's what I was talking about yesterday. That the Jews, they had 2,000 years of training in which to prepare a people for the coming Messiah. And that at the time, uh, uh, from the time that they were children, that they were schooled in the ways of the covenant. But because of the rebellion and the rejection of Jesus Christ, the grafting in process had to come and accelerated the growth of a covenant people. Now folks, I don't know about you, but I like things fast. You know what? I, I really do. I, I, like, I like to move. And I'm not talking about, you know what, not paying the price for being patient. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm one of these people that if you come to me and say, you know, brother, here's, here's, you're an error on this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, hey, let's go to the Word. Yep, you're right. Okay, let's move on. I'm not going to say, I can't believe that brother called me out on my error. I can't believe, you know, I'm just going to spend the next three months being depressed and thinking, I can't believe I was so stupid. or so. Brother, I'm about, to, I'm about to build me a bridge with the cross and I'm Amen. going to get over Amen. that process. That's what I'm talking about, about accelerated. When God speaks something to me, I don't, He don't have to show me it in the clouds. 
He don't have to provide 18 different variations of confirmation. I don't have to cast a fleece before Him. I want to be the type of person when God speaks, boom, I'm moving. When the pillar of cloud by day is on the move, you know what? I'm on the move. When the pillar of fire by night is on the move, I'm on the move. That I, I walk with my spiritual bags packed. When God says, I want you to, to, to leave that church that you pastored for 13 and a half years in Texas, and I want you to go to New Orleans, Louisiana, where you don't really know anybody, and I want you to go with pretty much what you can take with you, I want to be one that moves. When God says, now that you've raised that up, I want you to go to Florida, and I want you to start something that's going to touch the nations. And, and you don't know anybody there either, but I want you to go. I want to be ready to move. Amen. Now, if God said, listen, uh, the, the regime of communism fell in Cuba, and I want you to be the first person that's standing flat-footed in the middle of Havana, preaching the gospel to, to these, uh, these Cuban folk, I want to be the one that does that. I want to be that type of fluidity and that type of obedience and that type of acceleration that when God speaks, I don't say, well, I've got to get them, I've got to pray about it. Folks, brother, you know what? What have you been doing? I hear people say that all the time. I say, hey, listen, we're about to go and, and, and uh, we're about to go to New Orleans again. And we're going to go and win some people to the, the Lord. You want to go with me? Well, let me pray about it. Yeah. Well, what have you been doing? Yeah. Well, we're about to go and go to, uh, to, to New York City. Uh, do you want to go? Well, let me pray about it. Folks, if you, if you pray without ceasing, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.17, you, it's not an on and off situation. What is it? You're constantly meditating upon the things of God. That's right. When uh, Robin and I first began to just really accelerate our mm -hmm. uh, chasing after God, we had been praying for breakthrough. And what happened was we went to church one morning and we said we know we had fasted and prayed the week prior to that Sunday morning, knowing that God was going to reveal something to us yes. on that Sunday morning. And what He told us that Sunday morning is, you have to step out of this environment because I've got to take you somewhere else so that I can show you something. Now that's all He right. told us. We knew very well that that's what it was. The, prior, the, the following Monday morning, I had a brother in Christ call me up and said, Hey, we're going to go to Mexico. Do you want to go with us to preach the gospel? And what did I tell him? Let me pray about Let it. Let me pray about that. <laughs> now, God had just spoken to me right. the day before. So I thought about what I had said uh, on that Monday. And by that Monday evening, I called him back and said, I don't, What am I doing? We had already prayed about it. We had already got an answer. And that is what has catapulted us to where we are today. Just the acceleration like we were talking about. Yeah. Had, you know, we stepped into what we had already been praying, what we would already been seeking, what we would already been known, was spoken into our hearts, and we acted on it. It right. was that simple. Let, let me give you the interpretation of let me pray about it. The interpretation really is, let me check my schedule. Let me check my finances. <laughs> let, let me see what the wife or husband thinks about it. Let, let me see what my circumstances are dictating. That's really what we mostly mean by praying. But you mentioned uh, Mexico. I got a call from when I was living in New Orleans from my, my dear friend Bobby Chance of Streetwise Ministries. You can go to streetwiseministry.com and get information on that one too. Might as well plug that brother because he's doing some tremendous things for the Lord Jesus. But, you know, he called me up on the telephone and he said, Hey, brother, he said, Why don't you? And he talks in this thick tech, East Texas accent. Hey, brother, he said, Hey, why don't you go to Mexico with me? I need your help. And uh, I said, Really? What are you doing? And he told me, Hey, we're fixing to go into these. Uh, uh, the dumps and feed the hungry and we're going to minister to these orphans and whatnot. And he said, I want you to go with me. And I said, let me pray about it. And so when I hung up the phone with him, I didn't pray about it. You know what I did? I got online and I started checking airfare prices. And so I still hadn't prayed at this point. And so I hung up the phone and I didn't think, you know, I was just thinking, you know what, if he calls back, he calls back. If not, I ain't going to worry about it. And so sure enough, he called me back and he said, hey, brother, he said, why don't you go to uh, uh, Mexico with me? And he's done me this way on a couple of occasions. 
And I said, brother, you know what? I got online and uh, checked, and man, the airfare is just too much. I can't, I can't afford to go. And he said, well, I didn't ask you that. He said, I got some sky miles. I'm buying your ticket. And I'm like, okay. And so I said, I, I, I guess I'm there. And so, you know, it really proved to me that God wanted me to be there. So I hung up the phone, and I go to stage two. I'm checking my finances. And I didn't have anything. I mean, I was like flat broke. I mean, I didn't have a dollar to my name. And I didn't want to make the same mistake because I caught myself. Mm. I said, I'm going to pray about it. And I didn't pray about it. I went to cheaptickets.com rather than jesus.go. And so uh, that time I said, you know what, God? You provided it. I'm going to go. And really, I'm going to be gone a week. If I need to fast a week, that ain't no big deal. I don't, I don't need any money. Just get me there. And so I get ready to leave. And my telephone rings. And it's a brother in the Lord that you know him, Max Love. And he said, hey, man, I was praying. I was praying, he said. Yeah, yeah. And he said, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, you, you needed some, some, uh, to send you $50. And so here I am. I'm going to a foreign country for a week with a plane ticket and $50. Now, you know, that's probably in the natural. That's not a lot of wisdom. But I wasn't wanting to function in the natural. Amen. And so I ended up going. And what's funny is I, I don't think I spent any of that money on myself. I bought food for the orphans and gave the last $5 to a man that lived in the, in the dump. And, and I, I come back more blessed than, than I went. But once again, because I went, what did it do? It accelerated. I met Pastor Rudy, who uh, is now heading up Raven West Coast. And it started a chain of events that that one act of obedience accelerated the growth of this ministry. Boom, it really did. I mean, it did. I have Deb sitting here in the studio. Why? Because I was obedient to that. And accelerated that. It brought a connection there, and we, we can see it. But it just comes down to if I'm, if I'm obedient to that one thing, part of that covenant to believe God and walk by faith, what can God do? We wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today had I not been obedient on that one thing. Because that right there is what accelerated our growth in being completely sold out, whatever it takes, no matter how much it hurts, right? In the physical, in the natural, in the finances of how you know the the, the thoughts of how we're going to live, how we're going to function, uh, would be here today, or in the process of selling my home, quitting my job, and just knowing that you know what, once and for all, I've got to cross over. He has taken care of me for the last twenty years. He's blessed me. He's he's provided for me, and yet I don't think that he's going to take care of me on the other side. Yeah, think about it. What's up with that? Yeah, are we are we generally part of his family or not? You know, folks, it's interesting about that. You know, in talking about this whole aspect here from Romans eleven thirteen through nineteen about this whole grafting in process. You know, you graft a branch in, you don't graft a seed in. Think about that. What do you graft in? You graft a branch. What's a branch? A branch already looks like what it should be. It's got all the components. It's ready to produce fruit. You don't graft a seed in. Now, folks, what we want to do is we want to graft seeds in. We want to plant seeds. We want to, But what does he say? I want to graft a branch in. That way I can accelerate the process and it doesn't have to sprout. It doesn't have to do that. God grafts you in ready to produce fruit. And folks, we come into the kingdom. And so what happens is, what we've seen many times, brother, we, we see people that will win them to Jesus. And you know what we immediately do? We follow the Luke 5 principle. Come and follow me, now I'll make you a fisher of men. We don't say to people, well, it's real neat that you got saved. And so now what we're going to do is you sit in the church and you, you, all we need you to do is sing the songs on key and write a check every week and smile and go through my classes and maybe eventually you'll be okay. Now, brother, you know what? Pastor Donnie here really represents what so many people, because I've known him forever. And I remember back in the probably the early 90s that you came to my office when I first started uh, passion. We were in our early uh, 
20s at the time, it began to share just uh, what was going on in his heart and the call that God had put on his life. He was uh, uh, raised up in a traditional Baptist family, good, hard-working people. You don't know, weren't out killing, stealing. And so he had that background, but he, he felt empty. He was like, I know. And, and so, but a period of time passed where basically you were stunted in growth. That's right. Why? Because you weren't obedient to what God told you to do. But then a day and age came when he was found himself still within, quote-unquote, the environment of that traditional denominational setting. But he and others said, you know what, We've, there's got to be more to this. He ended up being part of a church plant that got, they broke away from that and got spirit-filled and God began Amen. to accelerate things. Now think about had you have said, no, I just want to stay back and, and die on the vine. Brother, you, you wouldn't be sitting here. You certainly wouldn't be preaching the gospel and seeing God do miracles across the United States had you have not been obedient to that. But what did God do? He took that branch and He grafted it in. He said, now, son, it's time for you to start producing fruit. Folks, listen, I believe that's what God's doing. He's pulling you out of your traditional uh, 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 place that you've been, out of your fears, out of the situation, and He's putting you and He's tapping you into something that I believe is going to bring acceleration because it is the last days and, and the times in which we live really necessitate people being ready at all times. Now, folks, what this means is that what it took really years and generations to accomplish in the Jews really happened in an instant with the new covenant church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It does. That's what we have to expect. I touched on this yesterday out of 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it talks about us being a new creature in Christ Jesus. That at the moment we come to Him, there is a completely new spiritual DNA that defines and enables us. And so folks, listen. If I'm in Christ Jesus, if I am linked and I'm grafted in, what does that do? That gives me a different source. That everything that's now coming to the nourishment, just like a branch on a tree, everything that comes into that branch is coming out of the ground. It's coming out of that root system. And the second I'm grafted in, I become that new creature in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, it's going to change everything about me. It, he, he'll empower me according to Acts 1 and 8. He'll teach me according to John 16.13. He'll speak through me according to Luke 12.12. 12, and He'll keep me according to 2 Timothy 1.12. And so this this is all done not because we came from the right family or had the right teacher or rabbi, but it's because we were grafted into Amen. that vine. Amen. 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 Have you seen it in your life? Oh, absolutely. Just that whole grafting absolutely. in process. Folks, think about this for just a second. Do you know what the best example of this grafting in process is in the natural? Where we see it, where we immediately take advantage of a grafting in. Think about it just for a second. What is the, the greatest example that we can see that all of a sudden what wasn't now is we, we immediately reap the benefits of something that we did not have? Folks, it's the marriage covenant. Hmm. Now, now li listen to this. Genesis 2.23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of me. Now, folks, when we come to Christ Jesus, what do we become? Bone of His bone. Hmm. You don't get any closer than that, folks. Now, think about what he said here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 32. He says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. He says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives, which would be us, be subject to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as, as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. 
And I love this. No man yet ever hated his own flesh, but he nourished it and cherished it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his mm. bones. Mm. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be uh, one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak of Christ and the church. Folks, listen. When we come to Christ as in the traditional marriage, you have to say that anymore because of everything that's going on, what happens is we leave our name behind and we get a new identity. Now think about this. A woman can go and get a social security card, she can get a driver's license, and they'll put a name on it that she's never gone by simply by her presenting a certificate of marriage. Mm. Think about that just for a second. She wow. can go in and present a certificate, a sealed certificate of marriage, and she's saying, I'm not Sally Smith anymore. I'm now Sally Jones. And they will issue her a brand new social security card with a different name on it. She can walk into the DMV and she can say, listen, I've got a, 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 a document right here that says I've been married to someone else. And so as a result, I'm no longer Sally Smith anymore. I'm Sally Jones. Now let a man try to go in and do that. You know what they're going to do? They're gonna, they're gonna, unless you come in with, a, go through a lengthy legal process and you go through all these hoops and everything, and you have a very good reason and you wait this thing, you will never be able to change your name as a man. They'll think you're up to something. They'll think that you're, 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 you're scheming. They think that you're, 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 you're trying to be fraudulent. But a wife is literally grafted in and the process is accelerated and she immediately is given the rights that she did not have, uh, that she did not have prior to having a new name. But folks, think about that. Immediately, when I married Melanie, she took my name. She had access to my bank accounts. She had all rights. She had rights that my mother and father no longer had. And so if something happened to me, it wouldn't be anyone else that, that could inherit from me. It was my wife. Now think about that, folks. That's exactly what happened to us when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were grafted in and rights that we did not have before were suddenly given to us. And because the, the Jews were cut off from those rights, what happened? We now became the partakers and the benefactors of that marriage covenant. Folks, listen. That is what being grafted in is all about. Listen to this. He said He gave some to be apostles. He gave some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. No longer be what? Children down here, mature up here. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceiving and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto Him. It says that we've been to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means that which pro produces growth and maturity. And so that which brings an acceleration to things. And so the reason for grafting in so, is so the branch can be grafted in and produce a greater fruit. And so you may produce a fruit from your posterity. You may produce a fruit from your, from your efforts. But the only way you're going to produce a greater fruit, what did Jesus say? He said, the works that I do, you'll do greater works. Why? Because I go to be with the Father. And because I go to be with the Father, now what can happen? You can be grafted in. Because unless Jesus went to be with the Father, He said, it's expedient that I should go. He said, because I don't, I can't send you a comforter. And what did the comforter do on the day of Pentecost? It grafted us in. Amen. And so the acceleration process happened right then. Folks, listen. We've been given the opportunity to do great and mighty exploits for the kingdom of God 
through an acceleration process that we call salvation. But we have more often than not squandered the opportunity and have emulated the same failures that the Old Covenant uh, uh, believers did. Now think about this. Once the grafting took place on the day of Pentecost, what happened? 3,000 people got saved. Yeah. It accelerated. Now you didn't see that in the Old Covenant. You know what? You had people... Now you, you may see a few people that become uh, 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 proselyte Jews or this... But did you see 3,000 people in a day? Why? Because they had not been grafted in. I was just sitting here just, just applying what you said. And you, and you mentioned a while ago, uh, you know, once we, uh, uh, we come to that point of salvation, and in the traditional setting, we become more pew warmers. Right. Because we're just taught, and, and the tradition is to just now come to church and you're done, you know, once a week and you're fine and, and you're dandy. But, but you, what you said, that, it, that, that acceleration process, we as this ministry, what it's set to do is to come, follow me, let's be fishers men, that acceleration uh, 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 process. But, you know, I'm thinking of, of my life. I found myself just sitting in the pew. Right. I found myself just waiting for an opportunity, uh, and but all along dying because I wasn't living and getting into this world word that uh, that I really need. And you said something, and it's totally left me. So I'm really come back I'm really it. not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, the, the other day we were at Pastor Terry and Eileen's house, and you know I'm always listening, listening, and you know there's always a message in what you hear. And, and I think she and Melanie or somebody was talking about she had went to some place and bought these these plants. And she said they were very cheap and she was able to get them. And as she said, I'm not interested in plants or anything else. But she said something that I kind of made a, a middle note in my mind because it just made me think in relationship to reading the book of Romans. She said, and Melanie said, so are, were they okay? Were they fine? She said, yeah, but they were root bound is the way that she used it. In other words, these plants had, had grown bigger than the pot that they were in. And so as a result, had she had not taken them out of the pot and loosened the soil and planted them somewhere bigger, they would have died. Mm. Because they had become root bound, mm. brother. What you were talking about, what had come to you, you'd become root bound. And that's and that's where I was going. And I had a, I had a thought along those lines. But you're exactly right. And, and so you got to the point that you weren't going to grow. You were going to die. That's it. And if you'd have stayed in that environment, you'd have choked out. And people would have said, "What happened to you?" And rather than thinking, "This is what happened to him." Folks, listen, what the traditional modern church has done, it's root-bound people, and it's kept them confined within the four walls of the church, and it's not told them to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not told them to, to go out as the branch that's going to spread out into the, the heavens, going to spread out in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world to change and to impact lives. What it's for is to go out and touch and to, and, and to transform people with the message that God has given to us. What happened with Israel is they become root-bound. They got so bound up by their traditions, they got bound so bound up by their law, they got so bound up by their fear, they got bound, so bound up by all the things that they held true that they did not want to expand out and touch other people's lives. And so what happened? It choked out. So what God had to do? He had to bust that pot wide open. Amen. And you know how He did it? He did it when He broke Himself open. When, he, when, he, when he opened Himself up on, on the cross of Calvary, and, and that one that, that, that was the King of kings and, the, and the, the Lord of lords, He spilled Himself out and allowed really the root to be extended and to allow us to be grafted in through faith. And so once the grafting in took place, what had once only been available to a select few because they were spiritually root-bound, now, now opened up and it become accessible to whosoever will. Power, truth, gifts, opportunity, all of those things were extended to 
everyone. Brother, but yet, with this extended or this accelerated opportunity, there seems to have been this accelerated departure from what is contained really within the lump or the root, and that is holiness. God is calling us. I opened up the program this morning. I said, listen, God has called us to a place of holiness. I want to read to you Romans chapter 11, verses 20 through 22. Romans 11, 20 through 22. It says, well said, because of the unbelief, they were broken off. Speaking to Israel. And he said, and yet you stand by faith, but do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Now think about that for a second. Paul pretty much laying it down. Listen, folks, don't get all proud and boastful. Don't say you're something. Don't say just because you walked to the front of that Billy Graham crusade like in 1986 that you're okay. He said, he that did not spare, did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue, what's that word say? Continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Mm. Now, brother, these certainly fly in the face of all that once saved, always saved stuff that I was brought up believing. I, I, I did. I believed it. But you know why I believed it? Because I had to. Yeah. You know why I had to? Because I was living in rebellion. I, I needed to know that I could still be in rebellion and be in immorality and be in, in all these things and, and still think, well, you know what? God's still going to wink at my sin. Then something happened. I opened up and I began to read the Bible. Yeah. And I began to read verses like Romans chapter 11, verses 22. And, you know, and where he says things like, that. listen, if you, if you stand by faith, if you do that, listen to what he says in verse 20. He said, well said because of the unbelief you were broken up, and you stand by faith. In other words, you are raised up and kept in place by faith. You are raised up and kept in place by pistis, the moral conviction of the truthfulness of God. But what happens if I depart from that? Well, let's look at what it says. 1 Timothy 4.1 He says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in later times some shall depart from the faith. What faith? The faith that He says that's able to keep you in place. And He says they'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When's that going to happen? In latter times. Now folks, I, you know what really? Your, your eschatology on last days means very little to me. Because Jesus is, is coming back, whether that's today or tomorrow or next week or ten years from now, we are living in latter times. We can look and Jesus told them, He said, listen, you can go outside and tell it's going to rain. Can you not even discern the signs of the times? I can. I can see what's happening. I can see it through the Word of God. I can see it through what's happening on the global uh, uh, stage. And, and I know Jesus is coming back. He said, but something's going to happen. They're going to depart from faith. They're going to depart from the very thing that causes us and keeps us grafted in. Now think about what James 5, 19-20 says. It says, brethren, talking about faith and truth is what he's speaking of here in Romans 11, 20-22. He says, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know which he that converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save his soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Brother, what's always interesting about it, and this is one of those scriptures that I read, and it said, oops, you know what, I better change what I'm thinking. It says, brethren. What did he call them? Mm-hmm. He called them brethren. brethren. He don't go around calling heathens and heretics brethren. If any of you who, brethren, do err from the truth, walk out of the way of the truth, depart from the truth, and one convert him, one brings him back. He says, let him know that he which converts him brings back the... Now, you don't use the word brethren. It says, bring back the, the brother. He said, brings back the sinner. Folks, i got news for you. Sinners don't go to heaven. Saints go to heaven. 
Romans 6, we studied this in length. Go back and get the CD. He says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Once that happened, now what happened? We got a new name. We're grafted in. We changed the name on our spiritual social security card. We got a new driver's license. We're identified with Him. We're not on the outside looking in. We're on the inside looking out. And convert the sinner from the air of his way. She'll save a soul from death, which is hell, and she'll hide a multitude of sins. And 2 Thessalonians 2.3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means. How? Any means. For the day shall not come except there be a great falling away first. That falling away is the Greek word apostasia. And we get our word apostasy from it. It means just a deviation from the truth. Do you not know that you're going to deviate from the truth? You're going to separate yourself from the branch that you've been grafted into and you're going to wither, you're going to die. And you know, I love Matthew 7. We, we talk about it all the time. That we know a tree by its fruit. And a tree that does not bear forth good fruit is only good for one thing. Cut down and cast into a fire. Folks, listen. If you've been grafted in and you've withdrawn from the root and you dry up, you know what you're good for? It's called firewood. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's all we're good for mm-hmm. apart from the vine, apart from the root, apart from the, the, the tree. And so if we think that we can not walk in holiness, not walk in righteousness, not walk in obedience and still bear fruit, folks, you've got another thing coming. Not everyone that says unto Him, Lord, Lord, shall, do, shall enter the kingdom, but those that do the will of the Father who is in heaven. What is that? Staying grafted in, being obedient. Now, you're familiar with this verse. Here's what the verse says. Philippians 2, 12-13. Uh, this first First verse, here's what it says. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How often have you heard that, said that, mm-hmm. quoted that? Yeah, Many times. Absolutely, yeah. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. To work out means to bring or extract something from it. So I'm supposed to extract my salvation out of my life through fear and trembling. But what about... The next verse, or another verse, it says this, talking about fear and trembling. For if I boasted anything, this is 2 Corinthians 7, 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 7, 14 and 15. For if I boasted in anything to him of you, I'm not ashamed. But as we spoke all things to you in truth, even our boasting which I made before Titus is found a truth. And this inward affection is more abounding, abundant towards you, whilst he remembered the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. Brother, you know the reason we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? It's because we were birthed in fear and trembling. We were birthed. He said, I've come to save you from the wrath to come. Folks, listen, the only way that you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to work out your salvation with fear and trembling is if you come to Him in fear and trembling. What's happened with the modern church is there's no fear and there's no trembling. That's right. They approach, and we talked about this in, in a program, it might have been last week, about the people that say, listen, I've got a new way to get people saved. There's no fear and there's no trembling. It's you walk up to people and you hand them this piece of paper and you, it says that I've got a great plan for your life. And Wouldn't you like a great plan to happen in your life? Oh, yes. Do you know what that is? Oh, no. Well, here's what Jesus said. He'll give you a great plan. So if you'll just repeat this Christian mantra with me, you'll be okay. There's no fear. There's no repentance. There's no trembling. And so they'll never be able to work salvation out with fear and trembling because they were never genuinely grafted in to the vine. They were just chunked up and thrown into the tree. You hear what I'm saying? Mm. I can take a branch and throw it up into the tree, and you know what? It's going to set up there, and it's going to blend into the branches for a little while. But give it some time, and it's going to wither and die, and one day you're going to pull it out, and you're going to throw it into the fire. And I'm going to close with this chapter right here, out of Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 43. And it says, And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord shall call. 
And with many other words did he testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they gladly received his word, and they that gladly received his word were baptized. What was the word? The word was repent. You hear what I'm saying? It was turn from who you are. And the ones that gladly received that word were baptized. Uh, and that same day there were added to him about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in church socials and mm. ski trips and fellowships. Is that what it was? In church coffee bars and good times and multimedia presentation. No, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and with fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul. And as a result, many wonders and signs were done by the hands mm. of the apostles. Folks, listen. You know what's going to keep you grafted in? The fear of the Lord. That's what it is. The Jews lost the fear of the Lord. And I'm convinced that this too has proved to be the downfall of the church. Folks, when I say the fear of the Lord, I'm not talking about you, you, you're sitting there worried if God's going to kill you. I don't think that. But you know what the fear of the Lord is by definition? It's the moral dread of being displeasing to Him. Mm. It's saying, you know what, God, you've grafted me in. I'm a part of your family. I'm, I'm your bride. I've been given the benefits and the responsibilities. And Lord God, there's nothing that I want to do or I want to say that's going to be displeasing to you. Brother, that's what's going to keep us grafted into the things that God has for us. Folks, listen, we're out of time this morning, but you know, I'm praying that you'll, you'll get a hold of that and really what the whole grafting in process does. And not only just the benefits of it, but the responsibility of it. And if you're not seeing the benefits... Folks, chances are you're not genuinely grafted in and receiving from the holiness and the righteousness of the root and of the, the, of the vine that God has for you. But we're out of time here today, but we've got one bit of advice as we close. Get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you.